0: Everyone needs a pastor. A visit to the Pastor's Study brings biblically faithful pastoral ministry to you and help from those with proven experience in Christian service. We want you to be part of the program during the 30 minutes ahead. To visit the Pastor's Study today, text your question at 516-367-0391. Again, that's 516 516- Three six seven zero three nine one. Now welcome to today's Visit to the Pastor's Study with Pastor Bill Shishko. And I am your host, Pastor Bill
1: Shishko. We do invite your calls. If you're listening on Saturday, you can call the live number, 631- 955- 5400, 631- 955- 5400, or anytime during the week, you can text your questions. We develop the program's Many times, based on your questions, five one six three six seven zero three nine one. Text your questions to Pastor Bill, five one six three six seven zero three nine one. The basic disciplines of a healthy Christian life. Well, that's what we're. Exploring in this current series on a visit to the pastor's study. Pastors go back to these things all the time Bible reading and hearing the Bible preached and taught, prayer and fasting as a regular accompaniment of prayer, corporate worship, singing personally in your families and in the worship of God's people. These are disciplines. they they don't come naturally you've got to work at them and they promote healthy Christian living these things are the proteins good carbs vitamins and minerals of a healthy Christian diet today I want to go to something that's well not in the usual catalog catalog of things that are important to a Christian's healthy life and and that's very unfortunate because the Bible the Word of God speaks of it quite often especially in the New Testament and in ways that that may seem odd to us. And I'm speaking about baptism, the application of water to a person by a Christian minister in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and with the intention of baptizing. Now, that's the very formal and very correct definition of Christian baptism. But for today's visit to the pastor's study and for the purpose of this series on the basic disciplines of a healthy Christian life, I want to focus on what the famous Westminster Shorter Catechism calls improving our baptism. I don't mean making your baptism better, but to use or employ your baptism to good purpose. We don't use the word improve in that way very often. Every so often we might speak of improving an occasion, using something to promote a good cause or a good purpose, but This is a good way to speak about turning the occasion of our baptism into something that promotes a healthy Christian life. Well, you'll get what I mean as we go on with today's program. Baptism and the Lord's Supper are the two sacraments that Jesus Christ has ordained for his church. Now, that's a huge topic in itself, but for our purposes today, all you need to know is that sacraments are signs and seals of the benefits of the gospel. They're signs because they point you to Jesus Christ, who is the source of the good news of the gospel. A Starbucks sign points you to the place where you get a great cup of coffee, and that's if you like your coffee that strong. Baptism and the Lord's Supper are signs pointing you to Jesus Christ, in whom there's forgiveness of sins, perfect righteousness, acceptance with God, and everlasting life. And baptism and the Lord's Supper are seals. The presidential seal is an official indication that the president is present, speaking, and acting in baptism and the Lord's Supper. When they're administered properly, Jesus Christ is really present, he's really speaking, and he's really acting and that's essential to grasp if you're going to improve your baptism, to turn the occasion of your baptism into something that promotes a healthy Christian life. So who are the ones who should be baptized? Well, there's two different opinions in what I'll call simply the Christian church. We'll take a separate visit to the pastor's study just to deal with that topic, because pastors are asked about this quite often. But for now, let's just give what I'll call the majority view, the view that I am convinced is the right one, the biblical one. All Christians are agreed, or at least they ought to be, that a person who's come to faith in Christ, a man, a woman, a boy, or a girl, is to be baptized if the person hasn't been baptized before. Now, that's certainly what you see in the New Testament as the gospel goes to Jews and to Gentiles on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came and began to build the church in its New Testament form. Those who received the Apostle Peter's call to repent, that is, they believed his message and turned from their sins to Jesus Christ, were baptized. And you see this pattern of people believing the message of the gospel and being baptized as you read through those early chapters of the Bible book of Acts. Now, what's most interesting is that as you continue to read through the book of Acts, when the gospel goes to the Gentiles through the ministry of the Apostle Paul, you read of the baptism of households. In chapter 16 of the book of Acts, Lydia and her household were baptized, and later, in the same Greek city of Philippi, a jailer and his household were baptized. And what i find most interesting in these accounts of baptism is that there's nothing said about each member of the household believing. In fact, in the account of the baptism of the Philippian jailer and his family, the text of the Bible only speaks of the faith of the jailer himself. Following the baptism of the entire household, you'll read that he, the jailer, rejoiced along with his entire household that literally he had Believed in God. There's no mention of each member of the household believing. They may have, but the point is that it was the whole household that was baptized. And it seems that these household baptisms were the norm. In the Bible book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 1, and verse 16, the Apostle Paul speaks about baptizing the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, he adds, I don't know whether I baptized literally any other any other what? Household. So clearly, household baptisms, as well as the baptism of individuals who came to faith in Christ, was the pattern of the New Testament. Now, keep in mind that the fundamental unit of God's people in the Old Testament period was the household. Noah and his household were saved from the worldwide flood, as they were preserved in the ark. Abraham and his household were to faithfully follow the Lord, the males receiving the sign and seal that was the Old Testament equivalent of baptism, circumcision. And Israel, the Old Testament form of the church, was composed of households. So it would be strange, to say the least, if that household principle was done away with in the New Testament period, and in fact it's not. All households receive the sign and seal of the new covenant, Christian baptism with water. But does that guarantee that every member of a baptized household is a genuine Christian? Not at all. And we're back to the topic of today's program, improving your baptism, turning your baptism to good use. Whether you were baptized as an adult or as a child, How do you improve your baptism as a part of the basic discipline of a healthy Christian life? Well, you'll find out after this message from the voice of a visit to the pastor's study.
0: It's not enough to listen to pastors on the radio or to watch them on television. Everyone needs a biblically faithful pastor and everyone needs a biblically faithful church. A Visit to the Pastor's Study is a ministry of the Orthodox Presbyterian Churches in the Metropolitan New York area. We're no substitute for a faithful pastor in a local church, but we are a supplement. Visit our website www.visitthepastorsstudy.org and you can bring the ministry of this program right to your electronic device. Here you'll find archives of past programs, a weekly message from Pastor Bill's Pastors Post, helps for pastors, helps for congregation members, material for officer training, and much more. That's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. And we also invite you to contact the host of this program, Pastor Bill Shishko. You can email him at visitpastorbill@gmail.com. at gmail.com. He'd love to hear from you so that he can bring his pastoral ministry to you personally. That's visitpastor Pastor Bill at gmail Remember, everyone needs a pastor. And now back to today's edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study. And this is Pastor Bill
1: Shishko here with you for today's edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study. Remember, you can call with your questions, comments, suggestions, arguments any time during the week, and you do that by way of text. You can text Pastor Bill at 516-367-0391, 516-367-0391, or you can do it by just emailing me at visitpastorbill at gmail.com, visitpastorbill at gmail.com. I know I always get questions about the subject of baptism, and I invite them, look forward to them, and um, more than likely we'll be having a future program based on some of your questions about baptism. Anyway, continuing this week, we're dealing with basic disciplines of a healthy Christian life. That's the series that we're in. And today we're dealing with that little phrase, improving your baptism. How do you turn the time that you were baptized with water in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit by a Christian minister with the intention of baptizing, how do you turn that occasion to good use? Well, before anything else, there must be faith, folks, Uh, The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And faith isn't faith in anything. When people say you have to have faith, you have to have faith in what? Well, in John chapter 6 and verse 29, that whole gospel of John is really about faith and believing. If you want to know what Jesus himself taught very fully about faith, read the gospel of John. But he says in chapter 6 and verse 29, This is the work of God, not only the work that God does in us, but this is our primary responsibility, that you believe in him whom he has sent. And that's why the Bible will use the phrase, believe and be baptized. When you have a phrase like that, the first word is the most important one. The most important is not baptism, though it is important. It's to believe, and not just once. We're baptized just once, but we believe all the time. So when we're talking about baptism, which is a sacrament, there has to be faith that lays hold of the sacrament and its meaning, even as your faith lays hold of the Word of God and Jesus Christ, who's made known in the Scriptures. But beyond that let me suggest to you that there are four things uh, that are connected with improving your baptism words you ought to think about when you think about your baptism with water in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit by a christian minister with the intention of baptizing the first the first is identification this is so important in a world in which people don't know where they came from, why they're here, or where they're going. See, Jesus institutes, we'll call it New Testament baptism. In Matthew chapter 28, he has risen from the dead, and he says as his disciples are gathered with him in Galilee, all authority in heaven and on earth is mine, regardless of people what might say, I am king of kings, and Lord of Lords. And then he says this, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to keep everything that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Baptism is the first step in the process of discipleship, of being taught all that the Lord has commanded us and our great encouragement when we're baptized and as we go through the arduous process of discipling or discipleship is that Jesus is with us in every age. What a comfort that is. But the point here, baptizing them, make disciples beginning by baptizing them into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit means that the true and living God claims the one who is baptized to be his. His name is connected with theirs. Now, do you believe that Jesus really was present, speaking, and acting when you were baptized? Wow. The King of kings and the Lord of lords set me apart to be gods in baptism. That's when the Bible talks about being saints. That's what it means. It means not something first within us, but the fact that we're marked out, we're set apart as holy. You are baptized. You are, whether you know it or not, you are identified with the true and living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, the second, connected with baptism, I'll use the word comfort at this point. See, baptism makes the promise of God in Jesus Christ visible. It's a, it's a mirror, even as the Lord's Supper is, baptism is a mirror in which you see the lavish grace of God in Christ. And so Paul will say in the book of Galatians chapter 3 and verse 27, as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ it is a sign and a seal, baptism is, that my life is in union with Christ and clothed with Christ. Wow! Because all the benefits of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit flow to us through Christ, as many of you as were baptized into Christ to put on Christ, and here baptism is that sign and seal, and I lay hold of it in faith. My life is in union with Christ, that I'm clothed with Christ. Now, a very practical example of how that's comforting, the great German monk Martin Luther was beset by not only his own temptations in his flesh, uh, but also by the devil himself. And when Luther was vexed by the devil in his flesh, he was wont to say, I am baptized, and say it out loud. Now, what did he mean by that? That was the visible mark, that he was Christ's. He wasn't the devil's. He wasn't himself's, if I could put it like that, and he wasn't the world. So comfort is a second way you improve your baptism. And the third is really, in a sense, the other side of the coin. Baptism is a call to battle. Remember that faith lays hold of the things signified and sealed in baptism. And in Romans 6, the Apostle Paul says, "'Don't you know that all of us who've been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death.' in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Faith that improves your baptism says, when Christ died, I died with him. And when Christ rose from the dead, I rose with him. And therefore, as you continue reading in Romans 6, I will not let sin reign in my mortal body to make me obey its passions. I will not present my members, my body parts, to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but I will present myself to God as a person who's been brought from death to life, and I will present my members to God as instruments for righteousness, for sin will have no dominion over me since I'm not under law, but I'm under grace. You see how even as baptism personalizes the gospel to you so when you improve your baptism you personalize the calls of the gospel to you in union with Christ i'm very fond of using an illustration from the freedom fighters in afghanistan who fought against the oppression of of communism in the latter part of the 20th century and Uh, They would say things like this because people marveled, as they still do today, about the, the indomitable fighting skills of the Afghans. They said, we can fight this way because from the time we are conscripted into the army, we regard ourselves as having died already. Brothers and sisters, how our Christian lives would change If we took that view of the Christian life, which is life in union with Christ, and of baptism, which is a sign and seal of that union, baptism, as it were, conscripts you into the army of the King of kings and Lord of lords, and in that army, in him, you regard yourself as certainly alive because of his resurrection. That's the source of the Christian life. But what precedes it is you died already in Christ. That takes everything of this life and makes it of only relatively small importance before the fact that you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Well, let's look at a fourth thing for improving your baptism. You see how these grow out of the language of baptism in the New Testament? Family identity. Isn't that interesting? Baptism marks us out as being part of a family. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13, for in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Baptism is a sign and seal of the work that the Holy Spirit does not only by uniting us to Jesus Christ and washing us from our sins by his blood, but also by uniting us with other believers in Christ and what we call the Christian church. Now, that's why baptism is, among many other things, the official sign that you are a member of the Christian church in some local expression of it, what we usually call a local church. Faith improves your baptism as you remind yourself that you are part of something much bigger than yourself. You're part of the family of God, and the disciples, are being part of a discipline rather, of being part of that family, that's another huge part of having a healthy Christian life. But that's going to have to wait for another program. So let me remind you again of of what baptism. Now you've heard the text. Baptism is it is an identification. You're marked out as being identified with the true and living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's comfort. It's a mark that you are in Christ. It's a mark that you're protected in him. It's a call to battle, to battle with the world and the flesh and the devil and its family identity. I'm marked out as part of the family of God that's called the church. Let's take some time to have what we call counsel from the pastor's study in 1 Peter chapter 3, the Apostle Peter's letter now, and the first one of those that he wrote, chapter 3 and verse 21. It's an interesting statement. He says, baptism now saves you. And in that statement of what follows, he says two things. Number one, don't make too much of water baptism because he says baptism now saves you not as a removal of dirt from the body see, the water of baptism in itself, that doesn't cleanse you of any of your sins, mortal, venial, or any other. Water baptism doesn't change your heart. Water baptism doesn't make you right with God. Many, many baptized people will be in hell, and that's a scary thought. Don't make too much of water baptism. It's Jesus who saves us. So Peter says, baptism now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but then he says, don't make too little of water baptism either. The Apostle Peter continues by saying that baptism is a means of our salvation, of our whole healthy Christian life, if you want to put it that way, as we have an appeal or a pledge to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I think that the Westminster Shorter Catechism that uses the phrase improve your baptism also has a lot of insight into this verse. It speaks of baptism as, I love the phrase, an engagement to be the Lord's. That catches it. The Apostle Peter says that in baptism, the resurrected Jesus Christ gives you a ring telling you that he loves you, that he gave himself for you, and he wants you to be a part of his bride. It's a beautiful engagement ring, baptism is. And you improve your baptism as you commit yourself to be part of his holy bride, the church, by always living with a good conscience before God and those around you. And that comes by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ in the power of the resurrected Jesus Christ And in faith, you do that moment by moment. How you and I would be powerfully, powerfully changed if we improved our baptisms that way, and how powerfully changed our churches would be. Let this visit to the pastor's study be a call to you to improve your baptism, not only as part of a healthy Christian life, but also as a step toward the spiritual revival that we so much need in our day. Hey, thanks for listening today. It's a privilege to be a pastor to you through the medium of radio. Check out the archives of past Visit to the Pastor's Study programs. You can find them on sermonaudio.com, an excellent resource, sermonaudio.com. Just search A Visit to the Pastor's Study and you'll come to our material there. Or you can go to our own website, Visit the Pastor's Study. That's all one word, visit the visitthepastorsstudy.org. I do appreciate your feedback and your questions. I'm sure there's going to be a number of them on this program. You can email me at visitpastorbill at gmail.com, visitpastorbill at gmail.com, or you can call me, 516-593-1507, 516-593-1507. Remember, Sunday is the Lord's Day. Be sure to set apart time to worship the Lord in a church that is faithful to the Word of God. And remember, everyone needs a pastor
0: you've been listening to this week's a visit to the pastor's study a ministry of reformation metro new york incorporated in the orthodox presbyterian churches of metropolitan new york and connecticut for more information on the program check out our website at www.visitthepastorsstudy.org that's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org listen in next week for another visit to the pastor's study remember everyone needs a pastor